welcome to Conscious Revolution Podcast. I'm your host Shivani and this is the place where we talk about spirituality, mindfulness, mindset and manifestation. Today I want you to sit back with a notebook and a hot cup of tea because this is an epic episode coming your way. Today we are diving into discovering all about starting a soul aligned business. If you are someone who's thinking about starting one or have already started one in the recent times but you're still finding your footing, this is the perfect episode for you. I have Anna, a soul business coach who helps impact driven sister soulpreneurs and coaches build a boss mindset, attract dream clients and own more income changing lives so that they can positively impact the world with their gifts while living a life full of freedom, fulfillment, abundance and joy. If you have been following me anywhere you would know how extremely passionate I am about women taking back their power and standing in their purpose. So if your purpose sounds like being in a space where you are your own boss and you are creating ripples of change through your business, stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming your way. Hi Anna, welcome to my podcast. Welcome to Conscious Revolution Podcast. I am so happy to have you here and I'm so excited to see what this episode brings for all of us who are really ready but still not ready. Yeah, I'm so excited to jump in as well and give your listeners something to get inspired about. Yes, absolutely. I think especially as we are recording this in the middle of 2020, I think this is the year of the great transition, the great awakening, the great shifts. And I think we all are experiencing it not just in our global environment, but also in our immediate vicinity, in our lives, in our personal lives as well. So many businesses have been impacted by it. And so many jobs have been impacted by it. And I know this is the place, this is the moment right now where so many people really, really want to tap into the new versions, the new version of their life and the new chapters where I know intuitively so many people are feeling called right now, but they're really having a hard time to answer that call. So I just want to like begin right here why do you think we have this hard time answering the call? Why cannot we just do it? Oh, that's, that's a huge question and a very important question. So when you feel a calling, I think everybody knows what that feels like for them, but when you feel a calling towards something, it could really be anything. But when you feel like you are being called to something, and then that little voice, <laughs> we all know the voice that comes up in our mind, also known as the mind chatter, that tells us all of the reasons why we should not go towards that calling, or we should not speak up and ask for something that we want, or we should not take the leap or take the risk, you know, such a heavy word, risk. And it's gonna give us all of the reasons why, all the worst case scenarios, basically, that could go wrong if we do in fact take action 
to go towards something that our heart or soul, you know, our, our gut is calling us towards. So that voice coming the voice from the mind chatter. Right. Yeah. So that voice coming from the mind chatter is simply, and we say simply, but it's not so simple, but it's simply the ego voice. Now, I mean, that in itself is a big conversation, but to put it in a nutshell, our ego voice has one mechanism to keep us safe and to keep things in control and to keep things known. Everything that we're, you know, that we know that we do, our routines, all the things that we're comfortable with, the amount of money we make, our job, all the things that we're comfortable with, even though we're not necessarily comfortable or happy there, our ego voice is very comfortable because the variables are known. And so it wants us to just stay in the same place because it doesn't know what will happen if we do something differently. Even if we think something differently, say something differently, feel something differently. And it wants everything to just stay the same because it feels safe there. And so I think uh, our ego is really trying to just protect us, as you said. It, it doesn't mean any harm, so as to say, but it just likes to have things work the way it, they've always worked because then it doesn't have to innovate. It doesn't have to really exercise itself much because it's mostly like on an autopilot. Like you go to office, you come back, you have your dinner, you get up the next morning, you drop the kids to school and you just have this routine because for so many years. And so every time you try to make a shift or to do something new, the ego is trying to kind of like protect us, right? Yeah, exactly. And so it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't mean any harm. It's not the enemy. It's just simply trying to keep us safe. But if we can simply bring awareness to the fact that the thoughts that we're having that are keeping us stuck and stagnant and scared and small are simply the ego voice doing its job and we stop identifying with those thoughts as being our own, then we can start to break free of them and start to listen to the other voice that whispers a lot quieter that is in our heart, in our soul, in our gut, guiding us and telling us where we should be going because we would be more chilled. Yeah, our intuition. If those voices are so much smaller and quieter, but if we start to disassociate, acknowledge, but disassociate from the ego thoughts, the fear, and the doubt and the insecurity and the lack of self-worth, if we start to disassociate with those as they were just scripted from our past, from other people, from our childhood, you know, all the things that we failed at or did wrong, all these things that were scripted that our ego voice is holding onto as almost proof of why we shouldn't take a step forward. And we realize that those were never ours. We can just acknowledge them, breathe and come back to ourselves and take aligned action to move forward. As we know, we will be more fulfilled. We will have more joy. We will be happier in the direction that we are being called to. Mm. Yeah. And so uh, our intuition is always guiding us, right? We, uh, 
It's just a matter of when we choose to listen to it and follow it. So for someone who is probably receiving this call and is not able to answer the call, that means they've recently activated that ability to listen to their intuition, to tap into their intuition. So how do they stop uh, guilt tripping themselves? Because I have seen so many people, people I work with, people I see around me, who just feel that I am really a bad person if I'm not answering the call. And I don't know mm. what to do because I want to do it, but oh, I'm really ashamed and I'm really guilty and I'm not good enough that I'm answering the call. So, and we all know, we can't really do anything if we are in that space, right? So yeah, how yeah. do we navigate out of that <laughs> I think the first step to any change has to be awareness. Awareness of what our limiting beliefs around these things are and then disassociating with the limiting beliefs or the limiting behaviors or the limiting thoughts. But a really key component to this is to get outside of the noise that's not only happening in our minds, but from those around us as well. You know, when you want to, let's say, leave your job and pursue a passion and somebody's telling you, are you crazy? Why would you leave a nine to five job that's paying you, you have benefits, you have to go pursue something that might not even work. And you believe that, okay, maybe I should stay. So it's not even just our own internal noise. It's the noise from around us telling, you know, telling us that we should just be happy where we are. You're not supposed to love your job. You're just supposed to do it. Everybody does it. You know, you're just supposed to, that's just how much money you make. You make. Nobody can make more, you know, the government's against it. Or like whatever these things that are being told to us and our, our own beliefs, in order to quiet that noise and to come back to a place, an aligned place where you can actually listen to and be guided from your intuition, you need to start going inwards more often. If the voice, the soul voice, the intuition, the gut, the heart, if those voices whisper softly and the noise around us and in our minds is very loud, then we need to start to go inwards and reconnect to those places that are our true north, that are our compass. And I mean, how you do that, obviously meditation is a huge aspect to not turning off the mind because that's impossible. So we need to just get rid of that preconceived notion but just to start to observe our thoughts and stop being controlled by them. And as we start to just observe our thoughts and take time to come back into ourselves, back into our bodies, back into our hearts, our souls, and our intuition, we can start to hear that whisper more and remember who we truly are at our core and that we are worthy and deserving of a happy, joyous, fulfilling, abundant life. And that at the end of our life, at the end of this physical expression of our infinite consciousness, at the end of this physical experience, what we will, what we will look back on and regret was not listening to that gentle tug that was pulling us in a direction that would fulfill our hearts, our souls, and our purpose. 
And so really just coming back into yourself through something like meditation. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other ways, but really just coming back to yourself so that you can hear those whispers more than the noise. And, and I think I don't know anyone who has been meditating and who actually doesn't start making real shifts in their life. And as I say, spirituality is not just one hour in the day you do, you, you sit down to meditate and journal it will cause bigger shifts in our lives. And I think that's why sometimes people get a little scared because I think somewhere people are also not equipped with the right resources sometimes, the right knowledge sometimes to how to handle that, how to really actually start taking those action towards that nudge. Say, for example, someone is in a nine to five matrix system or nine to five job environment however you want to put it uh, and they feel this nudge to take that leap of faith and to say start a business now but because they have money issues and because they have a family to take care uh, of uh, it can be a really uncomfortable process to now because you were meditating and you were really connecting to your inner self to now have that loud voice say go start that business or go get out of your job. How do we balance the two? How do we really listen to that call? And do you think that call is actually, will it allow us to make adjustments or will it be like, no, just do it. For me personally, it's been like, just go and do it. <laughs> uh, and I have seen most of the times how big leaps of faith actually results in greater rewards for that matter but how does someone like who is in that kind of like construct how do they actually make their way into taking that real-time action yeah and first i want to preface this by saying that not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur to be happy because i think that there is a huge kind of a conversation happening all across social media is like quit the nine to five, have a freedom filled life. Like, first of all, when you work for somebody else, you work 40 hours a week. When you work for yourself, you work 80 hours a week. <laughs> you know, the clock doesn't, the clock doesn't stop. Obviously you find some balance within that, but especially in the building phases, you're, you're in the flow of work. You are building something. So it's not for everyone. And that's okay. It could be as simple as, the call is just changing jobs to one that makes you more fulfilled and excited or asking for a promotion or a raise because you're being called to honor your value and your self-worth. So we have to understand that, you know, fulfillment doesn't have, it isn't just one definition. It's what you feel like is best for you in your life. Now, that being said, if you do feel the call to start, to start something that really matters to you, or that you feel is a calling for you, it doesn't have to be the extreme. Like in order to start something, I have to quit my job and then start it. Like I didn't do it that way. I had a job that I actually enjoyed and, and you know, loved the company, loved my boss, loved my colleagues. And I moonlit, as people call it, as this sit with Anna character <laughs> for a few years as I was building and figuring out even what the heck I was doing in this space, even though I was a little bit of a serial entrepreneur from before with many ventures that didn't pan out, 
which is an interesting thing because that gets into your head after a while and you're like, well, what's, what could be different with this one? You know, maybe this one will fail as well. But I didn't just say, okay, to start this tomorrow, I have to quit my job today. I did both. I overlapped them. Weekends, evenings, you know, I fitted in where I could to just start building my Instagram, starting to get a following, starting to figure out what my messaging was, um, you know, seeing some clients here and there, doing some classes. I was a meditation teacher at first, doing some meditation classes. And after I started to see some traction, to see more engagement, to see some success, and I felt like that helped me build my confidence that I could actually quit my job and pull this off, really, was when I made the decision to have a conversation with my boss and let him know that I would be leaving. And it's so interesting what happens, not only when you take a leap of faith as you're telling the universe that you believe in yourself. And so the universe starts to give you evidence that it believes in you too. But something I've heard recently that really landed with me was how much creativity comes out of necessity. So when your back is up against the wall and you have the family, like you were saying, or you have you know, a little bit of the limiting beliefs around money and you put in necessity to actually get scrappy, get resourceful, get moving, take a line action and do whatever you need to do to make this work, so much magic can happen in that space if you see it as an opportunity for growth and for expansion. Because you can also get paralyzed from that and it's a little too much pressure. Um, but that's why it's nice to overlap and moonlight for a little bit just to get your footing so that you start to build up so that when you do take the leap, you've already got some momentum. But yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it takes work to get the mindset aligned to taking the leap and starting before you feel like you are ready, so, which is a huge yeah. thing. So we can start small, right? That's what I think the mantra is to start small. And if it's something which really calls you, you will start. I, I just feel like that, that a lot of times um, people, I mean, I think, People can say this for as long as they want, that this is the problem, this is the problem, this is the problem. Uh, but at the end of the day, as you just said, it is a choice. It is a choice at the end of the day that we make. We can use that necessity as a mean to stay stuck where we are or to get us moving and to take really risky uh, huge uh, leaps of faith. Say for example, I mean, if, if necessity doesn't call you, sometimes probably you wouldn't really be bold enough to go in front of the camera. But when you're like, oh, I really need to make this thing work because really important big things are at stake, then somehow you're able to be in front of the camera much more easily, I think, than otherwise. And so uh, how do we actually start? Again, I'm not bringing the conversation about someone who doesn't choose the path of starting a business since we are diving deeper into starting our own soul business a business which aligns with your soul so how does one actually start taking 
baby steps because we talk about that. How do we actually start taking baby steps in towards the direction of our dreams to say? Yeah, I mean, I call it aligned action. Others call it inspired action. It's, it's the same thing. It's basically where you're taking action from a place of alignment versus from a place of fear. And aligned action can look simply like figuring out what you, what you want to do. What does it want? Do you want to do a service-based business? Do you want to do a product-based business? Do you want to um, freelance for other entrepreneurs? Do you want to, you know, run your own business and have people freelance for you? Like, really, like, what do you want to do? What is it? What does your dream biz look like? What does a day in the life look like? But you also have to consider what lifestyle you want. And so for me, I'm very much a, an advocate of digital nomad kind of lifestyle because I love to travel. And so something that would not be aligned for me would be to open up a brick and mortar location that has me fixed in one area. And so I had to take into consideration what lifestyle I wanted and then see what kind of business could support that lifestyle that would make me feel fulfilled in the end, not only with the work that I'm doing, but with my life that I'm living. And so really just getting clear, the first step to any creation is clarity. What do you want your life to look like? Who do you want to serve? How do you want to serve them? And what are you going to help them overcome? Okay, through your product or service. So just clarity, just get clear and start writing down in a journal what you want your business to look like and your lifestyle to look like and see how you can connect the dots to start taking action on something that will fulfill those two things what would make you feel fulfilled in the work that you're doing and what would make you feel fulfilled in the lifestyle that you're living. So that is always and forever step one. And then once you have that, once you have that clarity, then you're able to like something so simple as like, what will your Instagram handle be? What will your branding be? What colors, what fonts? You know, what kind of style or vibe do you, do you want to showcase? Saving a bunch of things on Instagram that inspire you into a little collection that you want to like recreate or get um, inspired to create and just start putting it together. Of course, there's uh, so many resources online, infinite information, which can sometimes be overwhelming, but if you know kind of where to look, it makes it easier but you can absolutely look up resources, how to, and then fill in the blank on Google and you will get lots of advice that can help you take those baby steps. Now, if you wanted to take bigger steps, because there's you know, this idea of taking messy action and you can definitely start there just to kind of get your feet wet and see how it feels to put yourself out there in this new space. But there's also strategic and aligned action which comes more from working with someone who has done what you want to do. Obviously that's coaching. And so if finding somebody who lives the lifestyle, who is making the money, who has the presence on social media that you would like to have, and that can guide you because they have done it is 
a much more effective and efficient, time efficient way to get to your goals because you're guided every step of the way. Instead of taking that messy action that you might be going in circles for, you know, how many years, of course, you can also just find somebody who aligns with you, who you feel like you connect with, resonate with, relate with, and that has achieved the goals that you would like to achieve. Uh, and, and, and I love that so much because I know, uh, and of course, things can look pretty different depending on wherever my listeners are in the world. Uh, but I'm recording this from India and you are in the West. And of course, there would be definitely cultural differences. Uh, what I can see immediately around me is uh, this resistance sometimes to work with coaching because in my world, coaching is still something new. It's mm. still something people are understanding, having a hang of it. Uh, it's still something which mostly, say, celebrities have. It's something which mostly rich people have. <laughs> Let's be very honest. Um, and uh, so, uh, as you said, it is, I agree, it is such a time-efficient way because I'd like to say that someone has already done that. And in doing that, they've also committed mistakes, which they will tell you not to do, not to make. And I think that just saves so much of time, so much of, as you said, misaligned action, messy action to be there to bring yourself down. So uh, having said that, like, what do you think we can go on to uh, build uh, for someone who is like, okay, I know this is the product I want. I know this is the kind of lifestyle I want. And say, uh, you choose to work with someone or they might not. But how do they actually go about building that in terms of uh, in, in their immediate reality? As you said, you can take your toes in Instagram, start by those do, doing that in your online vicinity. But how do we actually get into working with our limiting belief systems? Because the fears get really, really, really loud when you take those big actions. As I just talked about working with a coach, that it is only meant for, say, rich celebrity kind of thing, or it's only meant for business owners, or it's only meant for selected youth. That is a very limiting self-belief system, right? Uh, how do we really overcome all of that to really have this crystal clear um, aligned process of creating a soul business and I would get in a while deeper into what soul business really means but yeah right now how can we like get these belief systems out of our way so that we can take the actions that we need to yeah and that's really the most important step is to get you know kind of get the awareness of the what the limiting beliefs are and I think a really great way to do that is to start to perceive the situation that you are scared of entering in a different way. So for example, if you want to work with a coach and you have the limiting beliefs of it's too expensive, I can't afford it. That's for somebody who's further along in their business. Um, it's not for me. Then if we can start to look at it or reframe those beliefs and start to look at them as not spending money, but investing money. Because when we spend money, 
I spend money on clothes. I'm not going to get a return from that. I'm just going to wear them and then I'm going to donate them at some point. But when I invest money, that is putting that money in a fund, okay, that will then yield me results and yield me more abundance than I put in. So I'm not spending money on a coach. I'm investing money in a coach. And I've worked with multiple coaches and the biggest jumps and leaps in my impact and income always happened when I worked with a coach. I mean, from my very first business coach, I didn't even know what was possible. I didn't even know that I could make that much money doing what I loved. I didn't even see it in the way that she saw it. And for her to give me just the perspective shift alone, for me to look at how I thought a soulful service-based model, business model was supposed to be, one-on-one sessions, do as many as you possibly can so that you can get as much money as you possibly can, even if you have burnout, you know, that one-on-one hustle. That's kind of what I thought it was. And some classes and some workshops. That's really like kind of what we think that, that it consists of. But being shown that I had so much more value and how to actually put together programs as opposed to one-on-one offers, which is what I help my clients do now in, in varying ways. But it's getting out of the time for money mentality that I only can make money if I'm trading my time. I would have never even thought of that to be, or maybe it would have just taken me a lot longer. But that working with that coach collapsed time for me. And I was able to get 10 steps ahead by working with one person who was already 10 steps ahead of me. And so we do not spend money on coaching. We believe in ourselves and we trust. And after obviously some conversations and some research and making sure that people have you know, had success with working with this person before, that you trust and you connect and you relate with them, that you invest in a coach because they can get you to your goals faster. It's it's just about reframing, not only how we look at the money being not spent, but invested, but also if we truly believe that we are worthy of success, which is why it's really important to get mindset coaching as well. or do work on mindset on your own, or however you want to do that. But your level of self-worth, your level of believability that you can do it, which is also why it's really important to work with a coach, because you have somebody there cheering you on that knows exactly what you're going through. So it's just about reframing the way that we're looking at the decisions that we're making. And obviously there's some work in that as well. And that might take you a little while and that's okay. But would you rather spend five years figuring out how to do it on your own and missing out on thousands of dollars and potentially hundreds of lives that you can help impact just because you were too scared to make a decision to invest in yourself and your business? So you could do it either way. One will take a lot longer, 
and you'll probably end up spending more money trying to figure it out piece by piece by piece by piece rather than just doing an initial investment and then getting there a lot quicker. And then time is money as well, right? Uh, we <laughs> exactly. <can forget laughs> the time that we are really spending trying to figure it out by ourselves. I was doing that last year, honestly, to be very honest, because uh, I am just someone who likes to do everything by themselves because I feel I can figure everything out. And yes, everything is figure outable, but I, I learned it the hard way that yes, but then you have to exchange that time for it. Of course, uh, I, I think this is something uh, I heard when I was working with, uh, with, with a company and I was sitting with the founder of that company and I was like, but why are we hiring an intern to do this? I can do this. You can do this. Anybody can do this. It's not a big deal. And he's like, yeah, Shivani, but that takes time, right? And we, none of us have that time. And it took me a while to really understand that how I was trying to do everything by myself, because of course, I also had lack of trust on anybody else doing it for me. But that did cost me a lot of time, which I could have actually used in doing something else. To be very honest, after a point, I was actually asking myself, am I a graphic designer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know so many entrepreneurs, I think, ooh, I, 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 mean, I, I know I have spent a lot of time until I think a few months back, I was like, I, I can't do this like, because this is not my job. Simply, I can't figure it out. I can't do it. I'm great with Canva. But we always have an option to save up on our time and time is money, as you just said. So this is one belief system. And I think one more belief system, which a lot of people have, which is why a lot of times they want to stick to their jobs and their old way of living is because as you just said, if you are an entrepreneur, you would have to work a certain hours in the week, in the, in the month, which you probably your nine to five job wouldn't ask you to. Though I think that's also a myth because most of the times, even someone who's working in a job, they do end up working a lot. So, uh, yeah, because we've had been, we've been portrayed this image of entrepreneurs being really hustling, really having no life of their own, really sweating. It's like the sweat, blood, tears kind of like go into their business. And that's amazing. But to be very honest, when I was starting my business, I was low-key afraid because I was like, but I don't want to get swarmed into that kind of a lifestyle because I have just discovered my spirituality and my connection to the source. And I don't want anything to take away my peace of mind. And I see so many people having these beliefs. What would your take be on it? Like, how can we see it from a different perspective? And how, what have you noticed with working with your clients? Do we really have an option to cut down time there? I mean, you know, everybody talks about work-life balance, work-life balance, work-life balance. It's not always going to be balanced. And that's okay. Because if you're coming up to a launch, if you're coming up, you know, you're building something, like you're going to be putting in more time. And that's okay. And sometimes you'll be working a lot less and having a lot more free time. What's important through all of it is that one thing stays consistent and it's your commitment to your own self-care on a mind, body, spirit level. Because if you are going to be putting in more hours and more time to build something, 
in the beginning phases. You don't necessarily have the capital to outsource, you know, the people to design or whatever. You're wearing all the hats. Then I think just one being okay with and acknowledging that it's not going to be like this forever, but right now I just need to put in a little bit more time. But when you commit and stay committed to your self-care on a mind, body, and spirit level, then you can at least feel more balanced, grounded, calm, connected to source, like you were saying, throughout the process. And so like, what are you doing in the morning? Are you waking up and going straight onto your phone and just like, you know, jumping into somebody else's day, not even your own energy? Or are you stretching, moving your body, meditating, journaling? Are you practicing gratitude? I mean, like, are you taking that time to really fill your cup so that when you step into your day, you don't feel depleted and you don't burn out? And then are you taking breaks? Are you taking breaks either within your work day or within your work week? So again, it's not always going to be 100% balanced. It's still not 100% balanced for me. Someday, sometimes I take a week, a full week, and I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not working this week. I have a team now too. It took me some time to get there, but I have a team. But I also understand that sometimes, especially when I'm super revved up and inspired, I'm going to be putting in more hours because I feel like I want to. As opposed to like forcing them, oh, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't go to sleep. Even though you're exhausted, I shouldn't go to sleep. I should just keep pushing through and, and keep, you know, working. It's like that energy will yield less results than you going and having fun and being in joy and feeling good. So it's just about finding the balance in the imbalance that happens, but just making sure that you're feeling good. If you're not feeling good in the middle of the day, then just take a break, go for a walk, go ground in with nature. And just about listening to our bodies and not being so forceful and pushing and going where it's flowing. If it's not flowing, if you're, if you're having a creative block and you're trying to force it out, that's not how it works. Close the laptop, walk away, go do something else, and then come back to it when you're feeling inspired. So it's not about just having this perfect 50-50 work-life balance all the time. It's just about like, how am I feeling? How, am I feeling good in my work? And if the answer to that is no, I need to step away from my work because I'm doing it no service. I'm doing myself no service. And I will do it much more service if I honor myself and walk away. That being said, when you get to the point, you know, where there's more stuff happening, you're getting clients and you're, or you're, you know, selling more products or like whatever it is, and you're still trying to do it all by yourself, the capacity at which you can be successful is basically ruled by your time. And we only have so many hours in the day. And unless you want to neglect every other area of your life and your entire being to just fully focus on your business that you went into to get more fulfilled, but by doing that, you will be resentful to it. Then you need to, uh, as James Wedmore says, he says, stop doing the $10 an hour tasks. And so the tasks that are not your genius zone, you know how to do them, but they're not in your zone of genius. And where you are better suited to be putting in your time, energy, and effort is in these three areas. And this, this needs to go to somebody else to do, even if it's just a part-time, you know? So knowing when to actually divide the work and start building a team, even again, just a few, five hours a week to start for someone. 
will take off enough so that you can continue to move forward and not be capped by the amount of hours that you have in the week. So it's just really figuring out what you need to do in that time and not being scared of spending money again on paying somebody to do it. But maybe you are spending quotes, air quotes, spending money, but now you have the ability to make more money. And so it's, you know, you have to really weigh, weigh the, the gains from investing for a team as well. And I think that's the wonderful part of being your own boss, that you can take a break middle of the day, have a dance party, go to nature, <laughs> or just do whatever you want to do. Like I remember when I used to be in office, I used to create that. And that's one of the things which I absolutely love about uh, that I can take as many breaks as I want, but still sometimes, of course, because we are hardwired that way, we tend to send ourselves on guilt trips. And mm -hmm. I might have taken an evening walk in my office. I would have taken like 10 minutes off and I would just go for a walk. It's still harder to do that when I'm working with on my own business because we tend to be just, I think, a little more hard on ourselves. Oh my God, so I absolutely love that. And I just want to kind of like, bring this up because um, a lot of uh, people who uh, align with spirituality are now coming into this place where they're feeling the call and they're really taking steps to start their business. And so uh, because we're so spiritually in tune, um, uh, we also kind of feel the energies of what's happening. We are empaths, we are feeling the cosmic energies, all of that mm -hmm. stuff which happens. Uh, I think when you're just talking about an entrepreneur, for them it's about their time, the resource, whatever you can see with your naked eyes. Uh, mm -hmm. with, uh, with a spiritual person, when they step into this place, for them I think it's also this, uh, as I said, there was this limiting belief system. I don't wanna give my peace of mind away, but it's also because as I'm seeing in my life, uh, how do we balance the uh, cosmic energies, the full moons, the effects of, say, um, a portal or because we are aware. And of course, that's the work which we do. And uh, we know that those things impact us. And I would say these things have always impacted me, obviously even like before I didn't know any of these things. It's just that I didn't know. So it didn't really come into my consciousness. Now I know, okay, it's this thing, which is relieving, honestly. <laughs> like, oh, this is why I am anxious. <laughs> so how do, like, I mean, how, how, how do we actually harmonize ourselves uh, with these external shifts, uh, which are happening on all levels, I would say. Like, I, I would just want to start. Are you someone who's really spiritual, who's someone who aligns with these shifts and energies? Uh, absolutely. So Perfect. <laughs> not only, not only cosmically, but as female entrepreneurs. Yeah. We have every month, <laughs> we have this cycle that we're going through that, means ruled by hormones and hormones are they can run the show <laughs> if you're not aware of them or you can feel like why am I feeling this why am I feeling this why you know I'm so tired I should be working but if so we, we have our own cycle 
And then there's the moon cycles, the planetary cycles, obviously, you know, um, any of the other cosmic things that happen, retrogrades and <laughs> different planets aligning and portals. And, <clears throat> and then on top of that, there's also everything that's going on in the world and the energy of that in itself, not only from what we're feeling about it, but what everybody else is feeling about it. And it could be tricky to navigate. It could be tricky to navigate because it's a lot. It's a lot. And we are not, you know, it doesn't just go around us because we don't know I'm an entrepreneur. So like nothing, you know, everything else has to go away and not bother me. It's like, no, like you're a human being having a human experience and just like your own energy can affect you. Of course, things around you can affect you. Now, there's always going to be the ups and downs. There's going to be the days that you feel inspired and there's going to be the days that you don't feel like doing anything. And both of them are okay. Both of them are okay. I had a day yesterday where I had a couple calls and then I was like, I do not want to work. I don't have it in me today. And I just didn't. Yeah. Like we just, and it's okay. And literally as I laid down in bed, I straight up just watched Netflix for the rest of the day and the rest of the evening. And I laid down and I said to myself out loud, I give myself permission to not work and just rest because it's in this giving of permission, not only to take a break, but I give myself permission to feel my feelings. I give myself permission to step away so I can process what's coming up for me. I give myself permission to feel sad. I give myself permission to feel upset. I, I, I just give myself permission to be a human, having a human experience in a world where there are so many different factors affecting how we think, how we feel, how we act, how we react, and just being more gentle on ourselves and that we're not just entrepreneurs and we're not just women and we're not just human beings. We are everything, experiencing everything. So when you are more aware, like you said, like before it was affecting me, but I wasn't aware. I was just like, what's wrong? Like, why am I feeling this way? And then somebody says, oh, it's the full moon. You're like, oh, oh, got it. <laughs> That's why. And when we become aware of our own cycle, of the lunar cycle, of the planetary situations that keep happening, and are aware that we are affected by energies that are happening globally, and we could just be a little gentler on ourselves, continue to practice self-care on a mind, body, spirit level, because that you know, commitment and those tools will help you to navigate everything more effectively and efficiently, but to also just give yourself permission to just simply give yourself permission to just be wherever you are. Because when we keep shoving it down or thinking like we feel bad for wanting to take a break because we think that if we step away from our business, our business won't succeed. No, I'll tell you what won't help your business succeed is from you being burnt out, not dealing with your emotions, 
pushing yourself, hustling so hard that you're exhausted and your energy is so low and depleted that you're just in resistance to the success that you are burning yourself out to achieve. And so, like I was saying before, allowing yourself to go with your own flow, of course, have goals and take inspired and aligned action. But when it's, you don't have the bandwidth, it's more, you will gain more success by doing something that will help you process and feel good than you will forcing yourself and sitting on your laptop, forcing yourself to do work. And just knowing that, okay, this time of the month, I'm usually low energy. I'm blocking those days off, those four or five, six days from having clients, from doing this, from doing that. Like that's, I just know that's me for time for self-care, maybe for some, just like in the background creation stuff, if I have the energy. And then this week of the month, I am revved up. I have so much energy. So I'm going to block out, you know, a little bit of time there for content creation, for capturing videos, for writing, for, you know, whatever it is. So the more aware that we can be of our own cycles and everything else that's surrounding us and affecting us, then we can flow and shift and pivot and honor and navigate it in a much more clear and conscious way. Absolutely. I love this excerpt so much because I think uh, as much as we are aware, we still tend to operate from the old way. And so that makes me think then not just because I'm running a spiritual business, but probably all businesses which are shipping up right now and which will be shipping up in the coming years will somewhere be aligning with the concept with the energy of being a soul business, being a soulpreneur, right? So it's not just for spiritual people or for spiritual uh, businesses. This is an advice, I think, for entrepreneurs, for women entrepreneurs, for anybody who is now listening the call and answering this call to really kind of unlearn the old ways of working and actually work with this new ways so um i just want to kind of like probably wrap this up by asking a bit about what in your experience what have you noticed around you clients who are running their soul businesses clients who are soulpreneurs um just for people to kind of like prep up a bit uh what are their challenges what are things that they most often uh, find themselves into and maybe a bit of how can we what's your best advice what's your best uh, yeah what 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 is your best advice to them yeah so one of the common denominators is the feeling of being overwhelmed not really knowing where to start or not knowing even if they've already been doing their business for a while and maybe it's just not to the, at the place that they wanted it to be it's like I don't know what to do. And there's so much information out there, which is a gift and also a curse because then there's information overload and then you have idea overload and then you're trying to do 20 things at the same time. And obviously none of them are yielding the the results you want because you've scattered your energy and attention everywhere. So overwhelm, idea overload are definitely two really prevalent ones. And lack of clarity, lack of clarity of 
let's say at your niche, like who am I here to serve? That's so many people get so caught up on that. And then when they don't know who they're serving, then they're creating content for everybody, which means that they're speaking to nobody because they're not really landing with somebody in, in a way that resonates deeply with them. And then they're not creating programs that are irresistible for people because it's not landing. It's not speaking to them directly. It's not speaking to their pain points or their goals. And then that starts to get them feeling doubtful that they can even create something because nobody's listening because they're speaking to everyone. And so mindset, who your tribe is, who are you speaking to? Who are you serving? What are you helping them achieve or overcome? Creating an offer and selling. I mean, those four categories, aligning your mind, aligning your tribe, aligning your offer, aligning your sales and doing them strategically with a clear vision and focus will maximize your potential because you're doing it from an energy mindset level. And then you're also doing it from a strategic level. I mean, that's what I do in my Align Sister Mastermind program. And I focus on both areas because as we know, they are so important. You can't just be all strategy. You need to also build yourself up, your mind, your level of believability, your confidence, as well as your clarity so that you're doing it directly for someone intentionally. And so they start to listen and then you can create this targeted offer and sell it from soul and from service. And so, you know, those, those four areas um, is where I focus on because I see the most area of opportunity within those. I think that's so interesting because I think those four areas, if anybody actually is listening, I think just categorizing in itself, that these are the four areas I need to work with. This can really take you really, really deep. If you have a notebook and a pencil, I would really ask you to kind of like jot this down and actually have your plan centered around these four key areas because it can really, really take you so, 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 so far in actually having a strategy, but having an intuitive strategy, having a combination of both uh, strategic actions combined with uh, your intuition, combined with your energy, combined with your alignment. So mm -hmm. I think, uh, yes, if you're listening, I would highly recommend you to note down these four center points because I think they're amazing. That's what I'm going to do, I think, after this. Um, yeah, and I have um, on my Instagram at Sit with Anna. I have a post that's quite obvious. You can see it. It says uh, four steps to building a successful soulful biz. And then I, I, I go through each, each of them um, explaining what they are, why they're important and some aligned action that you can take for those specific categories. So you can go and you find that on my Instagram, the four steps to building a successful soulful business. Oh, that's amazing. So I, my next question was going to be this, that where can my audience find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to know more about you, or if they just want to kind of dip their toes into your soulpreneur tips? Yeah, so at sitwithanna on Instagram and sitwithanna.com on the web. That's where you can come hang out with me. 
Perfect. It was so, so, so amazing, Anna, to have this conversation. I love your calm voice. I love how you explain <laughs> things so beautifully. And uh, I love how we dive deeper into this topic today because I could just feel it intuitively. So many people are really needing this insight into a soul business because as we just discussed a few of the limiting belief systems, one of the limiting belief system is that uh, you might have to give up something in order to get something, right? Mm. That, that, that's what we, our belief systems are all around. So thank you so much for busting those. Thank you so much for being here. I absolutely enjoyed and appreciate this conversation so much. Thank you. It was so much fun. And I hope that everybody will take inspired and aligned action to a more fulfilling, joyous, abundant life. Thank you. Wow, that was a delicious conversation with Anna. If you like this podcast and have some feedback to share, please leave me a review. For more spiritual inspiration and mindset tips, follow me at Dream Life Lounge on Instagram. As always, I'm sending you so much love on your personal growth journey and hoping to connect with you soon in my next podcast.